Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. Today, we have a frequent collaborator, a friend from Bangalore, Ramchandra joining. Hello, Ramchandra. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, hi, Ajit. Uh, nice to be here again. Always welcome uh, to have you as a guest. You bring very good insights. Yeah. So, let's get into it right away. Um, the Pakistan upset by Afghanistan. Let's start there. The 22nd match in Chennai. Did you get a chance to catch yes. this? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it live. Uh, the Afghanistan chase... Was fantastic. I initially, I did when it started like two ID. I thought that you know Pakistan, Pakistan have enough in the in the you know uh, on the on the board to trouble Afghanistan. But the Afghanistan, the kind of start the Afghanistan team got, like they never looked back once it was hundred for no loss, and then they just kept on piling those runs and they found boundaries. So it was a proper like chase what we used to see in the late nineties and early two thousands. You know, in those just two ID was a, used to be considered a, a very stiff target. Uh, like a fantastic mm. run chase. I mean, full marks to uh, the whole Afghanistan team. Absolutely. Before we get to the chase, do you think maybe yeah. Pakistan played it a bit too conservatively in the middle overs because they had a set absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. There are no two way, two ways about it. I think they should have aimed for three twenty, three thirty to you know take take the score uh, beyond Afghanistan's reach. Probably like mm. that conservative approach. If you look at, I mean, from the past two years, the way we're playing, probably this, it's hurting them in the longer run, but no one is addressing that. They're playing the old-fashioned ODI cricket where, you know, they slow down in the middle overs and then, then you again have a, have a flourish in the end. That's not going to happen these days. You've got to go hammer and tongs. I mean, keep your wickets intact and make sure even in the middle overs, you're getting at least five to six runs every over. Make that, you know, that run rate has to be somewhere around five and six. 
I think mm. 280, you end up getting 280 against Afghanistan, you are asking for trouble. And uh, unfortunately for Pakistan, uh, Afghanistan had a very good day with the bat. And uh, you would usually see that in Afghanistan losing wickets in a heap, you know, in, against a new ball. Unfortunately, Shainshah Dafridi could not uh, bowl his usual kind of uh, customary spells here where he would get two or three with the new ball. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And Pakistan were... Uh, you know understandably understandably found wanting look uh, that is one thing i think shadab also played a decent hand but saud shakil i was expecting a bit more rizwan was due for a failure it can happen he failed yeah babar i expected maybe to boss this sort of a middle overs phase and get to 100 in those same 92 100 balls yeah. that he got probably pakistan left 20 runs out in the field but yeah uh, also a word on how well nabi bowled for example and then rashid khan and nur ahmed bowled so they played rashid khan out you could see that they were not going to take too many yeah. risks against him he was hit for just one boundary shot each four. on 4 and 1 6 yeah. right yeah that, that shows yeah. you know in 60 balls of bowling they were very conservative they were happy to target naveen ulhaq even mujibur rahman because yeah. of the speed he offers asmatul umar sahib went for a lot sure. of runs but yeah. uh, i think the revelation was nur ahmed you did see how he bowled yeah yeah he is like he's a great fast batter I, mean, I, i even saw him bowling in the ipl you know the way hadi pande used him uh, i think like he has lot of tricks up his sleeve and he can he can bamboozle any any batsman on a given day so uh, no surprises there and i think there uh, afghanistan bowling was is, is always there the spin attack is is a quality one but i think what really helped afghanistan to a certain extent uh, while while they were batting they were chasing is pakistan's poor fielding that is such an important aspect <laughs> of the game and yes. and they are not really concentrating i mean you ground fielding and catching is so very important you you make or break the games with with fielding and if you have if you are so lethargic with the field where even like the customary fields the customary catches the regulation catches you are not holding on to them then you are asking for trouble and uh, pakistan did not deserve to win it is there i am not sure whether it should be calling this an upset to be very honest afghanistan is a quality side and they can they can thrash anyone yeah mm-hmm. obviously it's it's their first ever victory against uh, pakistan seven one is is what they head to head stands now but in the in the days to come probably in the next decade or so probably you'll you'll get a much even contest uh, hopefully afghanistan can have uh, four or five quality batters in the days to come obviously there is always the bowling to back it up so mm-hmm. we'll we'll have, we'll have one more powerhouse in the asian uh, you know cricket i mean with their performance here right their chase was yeah. like a template of how you would chase such a game top exactly. four all of them nearly 50 i mean three of them yes. over 50 one just near missing a 50 with one shot or 50. something but maybe yeah. they didn't like it that they took it all the way to the almost last over but outside of that last over so good a chase that you could you could not count on anything yeah. other than this i think yes at no point in the chase ajit they were under pressure Uh, they always kept their run rate required under under check so that was the beauty of this the whole chase it was never that mm-hmm. the required run rate went uh, you know beyond 6.5 or 7 it was always kept in uh, in the check whenever they had a couple of quiet overs the third or the fourth over they used to get 10 15 runs so that used to like stabilize the things a bit and ease their nerves and then they used to go on with the business with the usual five or six runs over with taking singles and twos and yeah obviously i mean this is this is probably one of those games probably you'll understand and you'll enjoy this game 
only if you watch uh, if you watch this game ball by ball because it was it was such a beautiful game to watch if if you have watched uh, the games in the 90s and the 2000s how the one day cricket used to be played it, this template was something of uh, that era hmm. well a couple of things that really impressed me one was what you said the fielding right even until the 42nd 43rd over afghanistan found a way to get at least one dot ball uh, or two yeah. dot balls simply through ground fielding in the inner circle yeah. right in contrast to how pakistan fielded where yeah. they probably thought in their minds that they have enough runs probably that came back yes. to bite them potentially right they probably were a bit complacent as you said yeah true mm-hmm. so that is one thing the other thing uh, for me even while batting again when you go to the 42nd 43rd over they were playing it clearly like how top order batsmen would play in the middle overs four singles and over five yes. singles and over a boundary every third yeah. over or so right yeah ideal very ideal for me so they were really in control and up until the winning runs were scored i saw no undue emotions they were very much yeah. in control of everything so that was yeah. a very mature display by afghanistan it gives it gives us all a very good what is said a hope that you know in the coming years they may actually become the second or the third best team uh, in asia maybe even the best team in asia who knows right who knows yeah true all right what does that mean for pakistan's uh, chances now they are still fifth on the table but when well, yeah. we'll come to the result today when australia have won another game against netherlands and very very competitive right so yeah yeah the difference between these these two teams so in theory afghanistan pakistan have the same number of points pakistan have a much better right. uh, net run rate right yes so yeah. what does this mean for pakistan going into the next couple of games is what i would like to understand what are, what are your thoughts on this yeah See, I don't think their uh, fate is in their own hands. Uh, to be very honest, uh, they probably need a couple of results to go there in a favor. Probably mm-hmm. want uh, the top top teams to lose a few games for uh, for them. Uh, but having said that, they need to do the first thing first. They need to win all their games, now. and mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to be easy. They have a few tough tough games coming up. So, like. win as many as you could and just hope for the best probably they were pushed to the corner just like it happened in the 1992 world cup but their uh, fortune did favor them i think one one of the games were rained off and yeah. uh, they won uh, they won probably which uh, they should have lost the probably that was rained off and they were they were able to get one point out of it so they need something a miracle of that sort but i think uh, i don't see that happen to be very honest Uh, mm-hmm. but you never know with pakistan as i said like you won't be surprised if they uh, you shouldn't be surprised if they uh, they are that you know fourth team in the semi final and they play india in the semi finals you never know with pakistan uh, mm-hmm. anything can happen no one thought that they would be uh, you know playing the t20 finals world cup final last year they made it isn't it i mean they were right. dead and buried and they're out for all all mathematical uh, uh, calculations everything was done i think one of the like associated nation won a game and helped them probably it was netherlands again uh, which won against south africa the prop that probably Correct. helped them Correct. and exactly. yes 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 they need that kind of a miracle to happen again but not one uh, i think they they need probably two or three results to go in their favor and it's not impossible but isn't looking probable at this point in time okay fine uh, now uh, well afghanistan i think have a tough road anyway but i'm looking forward to a couple of games especially when they take on netherlands right yeah so for me yeah. a couple of very interesting matches australia again they seem to be able to not win against uh, lower ranked teams but they are able to do much better against uh, higher ranked teams afghanistan they have beaten pakistan yeah. and the england, england so far guess, right? yeah. so yeah that seems yeah. interesting so let's see how they go yeah. from here 
Now, yeah. coming back to the other game, the 23rd game in the series, which was uh, basically Bangladesh versus South Africa, yesterday's game. So, this was in Mankede. Yeah. Thoughts on that innings by the cock? Yeah, it was like uh, what? Like mad, mad hitting from Klaassen and 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 uh, Dickock. I think I can't I can't believe and I don't want to believe that Dickock is going to retire after this World Cup. Why 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 is he doing that? It's still thirty and mm. he's probably got four or five years of cricket left in him. Unfortunate that we're going to World Cricket is not going to see him in this format. He's already retired mm. from Test matches, so he's one of those uh, I would say underrated Daji to a certain extent because he hasn't got his due as as. As an as an ODI opener, if you look at his numbers, an average of 45, 46, and a strikeout of 97. That's 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 crazy, isn't it? I think even Rohit Sharma doesn't have that kind of a strike rate. Of course, the volume of runs Rohit has scored is is, is much more, but but still, I think uh, Decock has close to 6,000 runs at a strike rate of 98, and then mm-hmm. he has got runs on all kinds of surfaces. He's got runs in South Africa. He's been doing that in uh, in in India now, and even in the bilaterals against India. He was, he, was, he was very comfortable against uh, Indian, Indian uh, quality Indian seam attack. So he's those one of those guys who makes back, batting looks very simple, very easy. Even in the IPL, you know, it's not about uh, big shots or something. You don't you don't feel that he's he's going hammer and tongs at you, but he has that knack of scoring at 114 in a T20 game without doing without even showing that he's doing something something uh, special. So he's that kind of a batsman who has that knack of. Scoring quick runs and obviously he's a keeper and that's an added advantage. He's kind of an all-rounder. Uh, probably a captaincy material in my in my book. Probably should have been the captain probably three or four years ago when all the big boys left. Unfortunate mm-hmm. that he wasn't given the responsibility. But still, I think South Africa will. Uh, I mean, they they're lucky to have his service. As simple as that. And the consistency consistency with which he's is batting Ajit in this World Cup it's unbelievable. He's what what three? This was his third hundred in this World Cup in five or six games. So yeah. that's crazy, isn't it? I think. I mean, I won't be surprised if he gets uh, five centuries in this World Cup and uh, and you know. Uh, equals the record of Rohit Sharma of, of five centuries in a World Cup. He he's got all the you know he's doing all the right thing, right things to do that. And one uh, Kade, of course, you know the surface, right? Like it's it's one of the uh, best batting surfaces in the country, along with the Chinnaswamy Stadium. And, uh, and the boundaries mm-hmm. are not really too big, so obviously, I think when these guys get their eyes in, uh, they they see the ball as a football. And I think it was crazy hitting, as I said uh, about about the uh, class. And I. Probably felt that you know Decock could get that double hundred. Uh, I think 188 is their highest ODI score from Gary Kirsten. I remember that game against UAE in 1996 World Cup. That still is their highest ODI score by a South African batsman. That was in danger for for us for some time, but unfortunately Decock got out uh, before that. But anyways, I think uh, he's he's probably due for uh, a few more uh, hundreds, uh, Ajit, in this World Cup. Absolutely. Also, it was a Big feat of your uh, fitness because to bat that long and sure. that uh, hard Keep it at, uh, in yeah. Mumbai, right? In that high heat, yeah. humidity. humidity. I mean, yes. you didn't have to come keep, so it was lucky. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been yeah. very much problematic, I guess. Yeah, very much. Yeah. But um, apart from him, we have to talk about the way South Africa finished. So even yesterday, right, when Aiden Makram got out 31st over, it was 167. So I remember tweeting yeah. saying if they get to that sort of a score around the 31st over, the opposition is in trouble because they will start degrading double. From that yeah. yeah. They, exactly the yes. same thing happened. And it was actually Dukak who I thought might actually get out. But so a good 50 for Captain Markram. Yesterday he was a standing captain. And of course, and then Heinrich Klaassen took over. 
So again, Heinrich Klassen then kept hitting and then he was going for his 100 clearly in the last over and he was dismissed. So again, you can see in the last uh, 10, 11 hours, I think they took 130 runs of Bangladesh attack. So they completely yes. marmalized them. So uh, Bangladesh starting the innings, I guess they did not have that much of hope. Yes. Yeah, they started off as if they are chasing 260 to 270. Their intent, unfortunately, was not there. Mm. I watched it live for a few hours. They are just going at 405 and over and keeping weekends in hand. And when they are chasing close to 400, I mean, like, how can you do that? And obviously, they had probably given it up uh, in the dressing room itself. They probably felt that they have no chance against this South African attack. And yeah, you could see what happened there. And Mohamedullah got got on office like one of the probably one of the best ODI uh, I mean World Cup innings by Bangladeshi batsman I would say it was a very very calculated innings and run a ball 111 uh, mm-hmm. yeah he would take the in a losing cause at least Bangladesh had some solace some something to take home look I mean I had questioned his inclusion earlier I mean but now he's justified it and more right so yes. one thing the second thing uh, I'm thinking look he's doing a what he's brought in for. He's, he bats lower down the order 6-7. He's supposed to probably score runs quickly and then, uh, you know, provide that uh, quick impetus towards the end. But he's forced to always bat and bat deep, keep the tail together. He's doing more of like a test match sort of uh, innings where he's sort of batting time. It should never have been that. So for me, uh, South Africa also went in with a little bit of a rigid attack. No NGD here, right? Rabada played, but then yeah. Lizard Williams took his place. Uh, Ingedi's place. Then uh, oh, Maharaj is playing. I expected Maharaj did a wonderful job, by the way, against a team that plays spin so well. Control. He had them yes. exceptionally, exceptionally sort of under his thumb. So Control, there, that yes. was very good to see. But for me, what really disappointed is the top order of Bangladesh. Much like, I mean, for the lack of a better term, I think they have been doing pretty decently. The top order, I think, collectively they have never fired to even get to three hundred. So yeah. I was thinking this might be a match where collectively they fire, they get to three hundred. Maybe, who knows, yeah. if they get there with enough time left, there are plenty of things op- possible, right? So, but it was all done and dusted. If you are, you know, chasing 383, if you are um, 6 yeah. for 81, what chance do you have from that point on? Sure, no. And, and it's, it's, it's gone. I mean, 99.9% you have still simply don't have any chance. Yeah. You're right. No, but I always say, if possible, try and get to, you know, some personal milestones. Why yes. not? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when when you have nothing to uh, gain from the match as a team, like these kind of things, you know, I remember that Super Six game uh, against Australia when uh, India played in 1999. For all practical purpose, the game was done when India lost four wickets in heap. And as I run, I mean, it was Robin Singh and Jadeja who probably took the chest in the 40th over. Uh, the run rate in those days, you know, 10 or 12 runs, or you're not going to get that. But Jadeja got 100. That's, that's still a World Cup 100 against Australia, a quality attack. So he'll, he'll, he'll look back at his career and say that I got a century against Megra. So that's it. That's the point I wanted to make about Mahmoudullah also. It's like, you have done, it's an achievement, Ajit. Let, let me put it this way. The team was, had no chance of winning it. You, you fought it out and got a hundred and it, it helped. I mean, some sort of a respite and some sort of a respect uh, to your team. Correct. Look, he now has a hundred away from home against South Africa, New Zealand and England, if I'm not wrong, in World Cups. Yeah. And that's, that's a fantastic achievement. Not many a nation player can claim yeah. these sort of things. So for somebody Very who good. we thought was past the hill, Mahmoudullah has really proved a yeah. good point. Now can the rest of them yeah. pick it up from there? Mushikur Rahim has been on and off. He's he's got a couple of fifties, yeah. I think. Shakib Alasan has been a disappointment with the bat. 
And for me, Lytton Das, again, very much on and off. I would like to see some big runs from Lytton Das, Shanto. Yeah. His form is really worrying. I think if Lytton can give the kind of, you know, kind of start he usually gives, mm. I think half their problems would be solved. Correct. So some things that they have to look forward to, something they have to pick up. Uh, we yeah. hear that uh, Shaki Balasan has gone back home to train with his personal coach for a short stint. Is it just that or maybe... Yeah. Well, he should be back for... There's more to be had there, you think. You never know it Bangladesh again, you know. It's like what happened in the past two months with Tamim, BCB and other things. You never know. <laughs> Shaki might not even come back and say that this World Cup is done. We technically do not have any chance of qualifying. And yeah, of course, I mean, they do not have any chance of qualifying now. Uh, but still, I think there's a lot of pride to be uh, played with. I think still what got four, four or five games left. And uh, yeah, he should be back. He's the legend. He is probably, in my book, uh, Bangladesh's greatest cricketer. Mm -hmm. uh, so probably he he ha I mean he should come back and you know, uh, you know continue with his duties. So let's see, let's hope that you know uh, yeah. things fall in place for Bangladesh. They finish strong. We were always suspecting they were yeah. not probably having the firepower to make the semi-finals, but maybe at least yeah. do well for that's themselves, true. right? Cause a couple of upsets in the last yeah. week or so. Yeah, right? last quarter of yeah. uh, league no. games. Yeah, and few people. Also predicted that they are a very good side in subcontinent. I wanted that to happen. You were playing in subcontinent with your spin attack and uh, with, with a few quality batters what you have. Probably they should have challenged sides like you know New Zealand and, and other sides which doesn't really play spin well. But unfortunately, they I mean, they just didn't turn up. Right. Let, me, let me put it that way. They didn't turn up. Now makes sense. What you, have, what you say makes sense. So they have to now yeah. at least make the remaining games count. Get to a place where you know they can at least go back home happily. They have uh, they have as passionate fans as any other Southeast team, so they they don't want to go home and get in trouble. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Now we get to the game of the day, which was well not a happy game if you are a Dutch supporter. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, and I just had a look at the uh, score card, you know, just just an hour back, and. Uh, the way it is unfolded, it's really unfortunate. Like what a huge, huge uh, win for uh, Australia, 300 plus fans, and it's a shot in the arm for them. Like, uh, look, this this has boosted their net run rate, and they are they're up and running now. Ajit. Like, Australia uh, have a great chance of making it to the top four now. Netherlands, uh, uh, full marks to them. Uh, they probably have punched about Everett, I would say, in a couple of games, and probably they should have won that game against uh, uh, Sri Lanka. They had near Sri Lanka under trouble and probably had the game under control and there was neck and neck up until the 44th, 45th over. They were in the game. Mm -hmm. There is some kind of an achievement and two and a, two and a ODA game uh, against a side like uh, South Africa also speaks volumes. So they better do that. I mean, this uh, resurgent South African side, which is pretty much like trampling every other opposition, the only side which is able to control them and or like like... You know, defeat them was only Netherlands. So, yeah, man, there is some talent. As I said in the last podcast, we were discussing this. There is a lot of talent in Netherlands, and it was on display against uh, South Africa. Once they get that consistency by playing amongst the, you know, against the big boys consistently, mm. probably they're going to be a much better side. And uh, as I said, qualifying to the World Cup itself is an achievement. And uh, I'm happy with the way they have. Uh, up and it's not that this is one of game where they were completely outplayed. Apart from this, I think they have they've done well, Ajit. No, I agree with everything you said, but the top order still was missing. For me, that is the yes. one big worry. Yeah. The top order has not turned up 
right so when you look at when you look at yeah. today's game as well first of all a lot must be said for how well warner is batting right if you're looking at australia this yeah. is like a perfect template of a game you want you bat first you make 400 yeah. right 400 somebody one of your openers yeah. gets a 100 your middle order people who are not scoring runs get some runs your uh, maverick player gets a 100 with no literally no balls Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then you know yeah. your bowlers come back and then they route the opposition yeah. under hundred. This is like how you would want it. If yeah. you asked uh, the coach of Australia yesterday how you want today's game to go, he would have written this same point stuff, right? Same script. Yeah. And they have delivered. Exactly. Right. His his team has delivered. Yeah. And yeah, Australia after having lost couple of games and one game by huge warning, they were under tremendous pressure to you know get their net run rate and. not only winning the games and they wanted the net run rate to be up right so this game is is just like the perfect thing it's like a, a christmas gift probably a, a month and a half in advance uh, for the team correct i mean maybe the christmas gift they'll want uh, on november 19th but we'll wait for yeah. now <laughs> that you know uh, also zampa got 4 for with for 8 runs considered like that's yeah. quite something right he polished the tail off the last four wickets were his what you would want exactly a leg break bowler to do for you so these people right yeah. uh, scott edwards remained unbeaten he saw his team collapse on the other end so the other people like rolof andamarwa logan thunbeck aryanath these are the people who have been troubling every other attack out there where by you know taking time out yeah. of the game batting 20 30 40 overs today in comes a leg break bowler he kills off he kills off the game that's exactly yeah. what you want so as i said this is what a nostalgian um coach's dream would have been and they have uh, delivered his team has delivered for him so he'll be very happy exactly. no doubt yeah. but also now if you look at the table right yes. australia still have a couple of tough games coming up for them our uh, england australia have two tough games against uh, south africa and england right so now if you were to look at the table tell me how you see the rest of the tournament go according to you we are more or less half yeah. uh, look everything is sorted yeah everything is sorted i just uh probably england have an outside chance of sneaking through uh, at someone's expense that could be in new zealand uh, in my care, in my opinion really? probably new zealand will lose a couple of games going forward mm. I, i'm sure I mean, I, something says me that new zealand can't be that consistent what they are now they probably will lose uh, two or three on the bounce going forward against quality teams and they they were, i mean they played quality cricket uh, taking nothing away from them but probably once they like a uh, phase two or three quality sides back to back probably they would lose so england's only chance australia are not going to go out mm. australia are going to make it uh, to the top four india pretty almost through uh, south africa will make it uh, make it uh, by any chance i mean they are almost there pretty much they have uh, one one feet already put already uh, you know in the, in the top four so i think the only chance only kind of a replacement or swap you would probably see is New Zealand and England, and apart from that, I don't see any other team making any any kind of a you know a, a big big uh, like four or five getting four or five victories on the trot and making the top four. I don't see that one happening. Probably, yeah, that's why I tweeted also. Probably this is probably one of the most boring World Cups. Mm. Uh, lots of ODI, I mean, lots of one-sided games, and <laughs> probably you don't have a contest to be honest. And that I was really excited at that about that 400 game and so the South Africa put up uh, 400. I thought that England would come all their guns blazing and they would probably. Even if they don't get don't get there, probably I felt that they would be in the game at at least a forty forty over and see how it goes. Unfortunately, they lost the match in in about six or seven overs. They're like four wickets down within a ten overs. So mm. 
only we're getting to see these kind of games. That India-Australia game was quite competitive. The other two games were, uh, I think Pakistan chased on 350 against uh, uh, Sri Lanka. That was that was one game which was really competitive. Apart from you can, I mean, it's just there. The count is there. So it's really unfortunate the way World Cup is is is, is, is being panned out. And let's see. I mean, let's hope that you know that, that we get to see some competitive games in the days to come. Fair enough. But uh, you were completely right of Pakistan there. Yeah, Pakistan. I, as I said, Ajita, in the beginning, Pakistan don't have everything in their hands. They need few results to go in their favor. And uh, one result I can understand, you know, one or two. But they have they need lot of lot of uh, results to go in their favor. And also the net run rate is is probably not that great. So you know, one eye one eye on the net run rate, one eye on the victories. And and look at the Pakistan team. The the bowling is suffering, and also the batting. Uh, they're not playing uh, current day ODA cricket. They're probably, as I said, the old-fashioned ODA cricket. You want players to go hammer and tongue. Look at the way Rohit Sharma is playing. How David Warner is playing. You need those, those kind of openers to get get you that kind of a start. If if your openers play on ten overs and they are forty forty five for no loss, mm. they they're not actually it's counterproductive for the batting team. And Pakistan exactly are doing the same thing. It was okay in in the era of Sohel and and, and Anwar. Not not now. Yeah, all right. I I see where you're coming from. Okay, those were all the World Cup topics I wanted to discuss. Now moving away from the World Cup, well, uh, I think we should remember a spin great from the famous quartet of Indian spinners, Bishan Singh Bedi, yeah. who's uh, this week uh, moved on from this world. So yeah. we first of all uh, offer our condolences to all the uh, all the fans of cricket, yeah. Mr. Bedi's family and friends. um so when you look at his when you look at his uh, career so very multifaceted man in terms of uh, yeah. you know uh, in terms of what he has achieved so first of all uh, 67 tests for india 266 wickets he captained india yeah. right he played in county uh, cricket yeah. he was he was often times considered as one of the most uh, poetic poetic actions one of the most beautiful actions you can yeah. have right most this action was dubbed poetry in motion yeah it was a poetry in motion and i think yeah. some very big people have even said even they were asked right so yeah. they said bedi on one end and really yeah. involved on the other that would be my dream exactly it was jim lecker who said that food exactly. script that like my perfect perfect like definition of an english summer is mm. bright sunshine lots one end there is linball and The other end is Bishan Singh Bedi bowling. I mean, what else can you ask for as a bowler? That just speaks volumes, doesn't right. it? Like someone like Jim Blake is saying that about an Indian bowler. Correct. So, but then he was also a manager of the Indian team, famously, you know, threatening to put the Indian team in the sea. 1990. 1990. <laughs> no, and it's actually he gave a justification for that. Not not justification. He actually cleared the air actually. Air actually. Hmm. What he actually meant, supposedly or allegedly, was that he was so disappointed with the team. Uh, about uh, for their performances and he just could have probably he is apparently you know uh, mentioned that you know if these guys after this game if they want to jump up to the pacific ocean i won't stop them that was what it was actually meant you know that was what bishan singh bedi said actually but uh, in the press it came that bishan singh wants uh, bedi wants every to throw the indian team uh, into the pacific ocean after the disaster tour i think it was after that 1990 english tour But they lost everything, and uh, it was a disaster story. 1990, where he was the manager. So that is how it is. That's the you know part of the Bedi folklore. And yeah, as as you mentioned, I think he is one. I mean, beyond numbers, 
ఎక్స్ప్లాయిట్స్ he was a he, this man was like i always call him uh, the conscience keeper of indian cricket he was someone who was like ready to take on anyone uh, if there is the integrity is pretty much the word which is synonymous with him uh, and uh, the kind of respect he commands ajit not only not only in india overseas also the australians english people uh, even pakistan is a great friend of uh, friends of vision uh, vision bedi they call vision pa so like this man as as you mentioned he was a multifaceted man and an anti establishment right from the beginning mm-hmm. you know that when he was the captain there are two instances uh, where ajit i would like to mention where his integrity stood out one uh, was the one in 1975 76 the kingston test at the jamaica where uh, right right the west indies squatted you know kept on bowling the barrage of bouncers and just basically they were not trying to get the batsman out they just wanted to uh injured the indian batsman so indian score was what 105 or something five and everyone is injured uh, vishan singh it was jr uh, vishwanath anshuman gaikwad everyone was injured and and vishan singh very declared and said i don't have any more batsmen to go on bat out there that game was lost the very said uh, he came to the press and said that this is not cricket this is not the way you are supposed to play cricket mm. apparently that happened because india had chased on 400 plus in the previous test match at uh, trinidad so what claydor did he packed his bowlers uh, i mean he packed his bowling attack with four fast bowlers and went for the kill so that was one game and then in 1978 the sahiwal odi against pakistan you know india were on the verge of winning that odi right. then pakistan started their negative tactics of bowling bouncers and the bouncers were so high as anshuman gaikwad quips if vishwanath and anshuman gaikwad were apparently batting and the bouncers bowled if two vishwanaths like the, the exact batting is that day. if there is another person of vishwanath side standing on on his shoulder even he couldn't have reached those balls that was the kind of bonuses they were bold and he had uh, he had all this saw the all this nonsense from the dressing room just quietly went up to the match referee or the manager of pakistan team and he said this is not you know it's not happening i mean this is not cricket and he said that you guys have batting is and your hands and go and score runs and probably vishwanath is very short and you should send some other batsman that's what what pakistani uh, manager said so he had all this nonsense and said that's it i'm not going to play this is not cricket come back guys we are going to forfeit this game so that did not go go well with the indian establishment he was sacked uh, from the captaincy after that but even for today even in the recent interviews also he said that i did the right thing this mm-hmm. is not cricket this is not the way cricket should be played of course pakistan were on the threshold of losing and a loss to india at home mm-hmm. uh, look entails uh, i mean greater consequences you, your house can be burned down it can be stoned up so these kind of things used to happen in the 70s so pakistan uh, probably they probably delayed inevitable inevitable or something of that sort but they probably did not expect india to forfeit that game uh, yeah this, this probably sums up vishan singh bedi's career uh, ajit like he was someone who 
who had who's a who's a colorful person uh, and that northamptonshire thing uh, when he was a captain in 1977-78 and uh, famously or infamously john lever had managed to win two straight test matches in delhi and kolkata if i'm not wrong mm-hmm. with his swing bowling he was not he was no great shakes with his bowling he was not a ian bottom you know but he was able to extract tremendous amount of spin and swing and he was able to get india out twice i like two matches down india where and in the third by am at madras bishan singh very finds that there's some content of uh, vaseline in the ball so what bishan singh does he goes to the press and says this is this is mm. they are employing some uh, you know amal practices in points in these kind of cheap tactics to extract swing i think apparently it was tony gray who was england captain and this you know when completely out of proportions and english press took did not take it kindly and they just started writing uh, Um, barrage of articles on Bigesh again Bigesh Bishan Singh Bedi and the worst part was the BCCI did not stand for this cap for stand for the captain at that point in time mm-hmm. they just left him high and dry and unfortunately because of his outburst and his nature I think like which he did the right thing as a as an Indian captain is an Indian captain first then the Northamptonshire team comes into place so un- unfortunately Northamptonshire so they reciprocated or retaliated rather. by cancelling his contract mm-hmm. without any legal kind of uh, explanation just cancelled his contract who was actually a captain he was he was actually leading northamptonshire at that point in time they sacked their captain mm-hmm. the contract was revoked and then the legal battle started and bcci need not spend a penny on this great man so he lost everything there but still he never uh, regretted that yeah i lost a bit of money but i stood for what is that what is right that's what i said and he means no words ajit like mm-hmm. as famously or infamously i would say he never agreed what muthamuli that was doing he till the end of his life he just said yeah he he never said he never agreed that he was a proper spinner he was mm. he said that he was a javelin thrower and <laughs> he went to call sunil gavaskar for allowing him the 22 degree leave in 2004 what does sunil gavaskar know about spin bowling that's what he said then 2004 so he was never afraid of taking on any one no matter how big a cricketer you are or, or uh, how big a uh, administrator you are for him what stood out of a solid cricket and one anecdote i would like to remember was i think in the late 90s and the mid 90s uh, one of the administrators from afghanistan wanted bishan singh bedi in afghanistan hmm. to teach spin to young kids and they said that there is no remuneration for this but would you do that we will uh, take up all the expenses and he said son anything for cricket right so that was a kind of person bishan singh bedi was he was never never shy of sharing his knowledge or never ever apprehensive of sharing his knowledge to anyone you could see the australian uh, cricket team in the 90s used to used to have bishan singh bedi in their ranks in their camp and shane warne and into 1998 then jason craza in 2008 they were guided by this great man So yeah, I mean, like if Australians are adoring him to that action, they just speak volumes about this great man. Absolutely, and rightly, he's all he was also included in the Wisden. Uh, one of the, uh, I think he's the only spinner. And uh, Andy Kumble got it, got into that later. But after uh, out of the quartet, I think he was, he was the only and only spinner to be inducted into the ICC Hall of Fame. Right, right. Now he he was really worth yeah. his weight in gold. This uh, gem of an individual and. Uh, thank you for some wonderful memories and yeah. a lovely tribute, uh, Ramchandra. Yeah, and one more thing I wanted to add about uh, Bishan Singh Bedi was he pra- actually started his career with Punjab. Mm. 
then he moved to delhi yeah, and yeah. he made delhi a super power i took on mumbai i think karnataka had one uh, challenge mumbai and one one ranji trophy in mid 70s then mumbai it was mumbai's domination i mean it was uh, delhi's domination he got guys like uh, you know kirti azad mohinder amarnath madan lal he groomed his young kids and you know was able to challenge mumbai and meet them handsomely mm. he was mm. a great captain not only for uh, north zone and and uh, delhi also for india uh, i mean the records don't speaks uh, don't speak that because india hardly used to win test matches in those days but the way he led the side i think uh, kapil pal kapil dev also made his debut on the bishing singh bedi in 1977 78 in pakistan so yeah all in all a great cricketer ha and i i wish that every cricket fan uh, even someone who is in his teens or early 20s i i wish that you know they pick up something and read about bishan singh bedi probably you will never never see another cricketer of of, of that uh, character he is just a great man i mean no absolutely uh, whenever you read about him you get goosebumps i mean that's that's the kind of man he is perfect i mean wonderful wonderful thoughts uh, yeah. once more now going forward we want to finish this uh, podcast on a high so we hear that in sheffield yeah. there will be a new record because two female umpires right claire polosak and elvas oh, sheridan yeah. will be standing in yeah, uh, for the first time uh, all uh, women women's team will be uh, yeah. standing yeah. in a first class game in november so this will be for two games in november in sheffield oh. in australia so congratulations yeah. to uh, polosak and sheridan they have broken new ground and uh, long may yeah. it happen that you know we are looking for equality and we are looking for other things in this uh, you know weird world and yeah. this is one nice thing for sure uh, umpires not, doesn't matter really right who the umpire is so this is a good yeah. way of uh, yeah yeah looking for yeah having uh, you know both women umpires and umpires and it's a great thing i think we had one uh, one woman umpire in in the ranji trophy uh, in the recent past probably before the covid break we probably had one umpire uh, one woman umpire in the ranji trophy but this is new i think have having the whole setup you know comprising women is, is a great uh, step forward i think right. right so this is what uh, this is always a nice thing to see and we hope more and more of these steps are yeah. taken eventually claire polosak is already having a record as the first woman to have in an international a men's international that is yeah. so let's hope more and more of these we get to see from her and other umpires like this around the cricketing world as always uh, ramu thanks uh, for coming on the podcast offering some very nice thoughts and uh, this time it looks like you've really come prepared when it comes to mr bedi and uh, did it come out of your natural love yeah, yeah, yeah. did you actually look up no yeah of course i think uh, i picked up bedi uh, my first memories of bishan singh bedi was in you remember that match ka mujrim thing which just happened in the early 2000s <laughs> where remember yes, that yeah the early 2000s where every single indian laws used to be scrutinized to that extent i used to get like my hindi was poor but somehow i used to understand things and wishing wishing very used to tear apart like every indian player who was to like not perform and ganguly was was, was, was like brutally like you know like ganguly was going through a bad patch then so that was then when i got into reading and then when i read indian cricket history and i felt that this guy is a gem i mean like no one like him of course i mean uh, he is he is not far spoken as other cricketers were from that era mm-hmm. but this guy's achievements and apart from his cricketing exploits the what the things what he stood for right. as i said the, the conscience keeper as i mentioned so uh, apparently i'm writing a piece i started writing a piece about him mm. which is named the conscience keeper of indian cricket wow. and you could see that when uh the firosha the famous firosha kotla ground which was renamed uh, 
uh, what Arun Jaitley Stadium Jaitley. recently after Arun Jaitley's death. Yeah. He did not take it kindly. Bishan Singhwadi was really, really furious, and he said that there is a stand in my name. I don't want that stand to be there once you name the stadium after a politician. So ah, he was. He just said that. Hmm. Yeah, he too. I think it, there is no more uh, the Bishan Singhwadi stand in the uh, in the Kotla Stadium now. I think he was very serious about that, and he got his name out of the stadium also. That's what he stood for, and. Rajiv Sardasai mentioned one of those anecdotes where, you know, in the, from the 90s, where Bishan Singh Bedi used to write pieces for, uh, from not wrong Indian Express then. Mm. So there was a game, it seems, apparently between journalists and the, uh, you know, politicians, uh, basically MPs, you know, who are like cricket fans. Right. So Madhavra Sindhya was a great cricket fan who was an administrator also from MP. Mm. So he, uh, he apparently had asked uh, Bishan Singh Bedi to join their team. And you, you know what Bishan Singh said, Bedi on face said to him, mm. I don't play with bloody corrupt politicians. You guys are way too corrupt. <laughs> so imagine an uh, ex-cricketer saying this to an administrator, a powerful administrator. Who would do that? Well, Only Bishan Singh Bedi can do that. He lived, he lived. That's, uh, that, that's his legacy. He was a brave man. His life king says, he's, he's a brave man. And, and he was a heavy critic of IPL. Mm. He he never uh, he he just said it's rubbish and uh, unfortunately you know he probably could not keep abreast with the changing tide. I mean change is something which is inevitable. Probably he was too old school and uh, yeah that's something which you cannot agree. You, know, you got to you know you you can't keep on playing practice matches of three or four days. You can't have a tour plan like it used to be in the seventies and eighties. This is a change. Uh, this is the money spinner and uh, unfortunately as I said these old school guys would. Probably never, ag- up, you know, agree upon that. But having said that, I mean, full marks to uh, to him to you know for the for the way he has led this team and uh, for passing on the bat and in, in the seventies from uh, taking it from probably what it was Vadekar, then Davaskar, mm-hmm. then Bedi, and then it went on to Kapil Dev later as a captain. So that legacy. I think his his name will be remembered, Ajit. As long as India plays cricket, as long as spin spin bowling is discussed, I think it was. And uh, North Antonshire apparently had a manual on his bowling. There was a thesis written about his bowling, and they had published it. And then after this whole saga of John Lever Vaseline, they called him a chucker. Mm. Would you believe that? Well, <laughs> this, yeah. These these things happened in the seventies. Yeah, that's what. Like it's I want. My my all my listeners and friends to pick a book, pick up a book of Mission Singh Bedi, which was released last year. It was like Sardar of Spin, if I'm not wrong. I can, uh, I mean, I can help you with that. I think it was Sureshwaran Manan was the author. Wow, okay. uh, you need to read that book. It's it's a complete you know depiction of his whole career. So I enjoyed reading that book recently. I read a couple of books on him, uh, but this book has all the details about his career and and, and personal life and everything. Perfect. Thank you once again for all the useful information about books and so on. Before we let you go, anything you want to shout out about your own work, upcoming work, work from decent past? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, my piece on Bedi should be published tomorrow. Uh, I was caught up with some, I started off, I wrote some 200 words and was caught up with work and that should be released and uh, but should be published by tomorrow. And yeah, uh, the reading is going on and I think probably up until the World Cup, I won't be able to write much. Mm. But once it is done, I will get back to consistent, you know, writing and probably, I think at least a couple of pieces every month. That's what I'm targeting. Let's see how it goes. Thank you very much. So we wish all our listeners a good day, wherever they may be listening from. And we wish to have your company in the upcoming episode. Sure, sure. It's always there. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Bye.
This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.